0: hello and welcome back to my broken reason so i've been this li- i listen to a lot of um true crime podcasts um i'm a true crime buff i love listening to um cold cases and also closed cl- cases um uh, it's something that I've always been fascinated with, um, not enough to work in the field or anything like that. Just um, I'm fascinated by people who do take the time to investigate um, and, you know, do those deep dives into uh, this kind of world. Um, and as I, I said before, in my first episode, um, the reason I like it is because my my father was was an asshole basically is the best way to put it um he was an abusive ass and um he was also a criminal basically um he he died in jail um for murder um rightfully so um where he you know that's just kind of where he belonged he was abusive towards my mother um he uh, my, my earliest one of my earliest memories was of him trying to kill my mother I was about three years old and he came home uh, drunk or on drugs or both um, and I had a relative that was visiting her and I was remember playing in my room and I hear some kind of noise which now I know to be gunshots and screaming um, and I remember running into where the dining room slash living room was and I jumped on a chair and I jumped on his back and I remember saying please daddy don't kill mommy and he kind of snapped out of his rage and ran out and uh from what I recall it had to do something with he had a fight at work he went and got drunk and he blamed my mother I don't know how or why, but that's just you know that's what that's in his mind that made sense, and my mom I remember calmly going into the kitchen, and told my aunt to get my stroller, and she goes and gets my gets my stroller, and uh, she gets a kitchen towel, applies pressure to her, her abdomen where he shot her and off to the community hospital we go. Um, My aunt was in full-blown panic slash asthma attack Uh, and we're walking to the community hospital. It was probably about uh, maybe five blocks or so. And these are New York City blocks, so they're quite long. And um, we got there and I remember my aunt being hooked up to some oxygen And I remember, um, wondering where my mom was, uh, you know, where is she? And so I went off to look for her. My aunt was laying on a gurney. She had nebulizer, uh, or at, or or oxygen or something. She had a mask to her face. Um, and so I went off and I was one of those, uh, 1970s community hospitals, which has the curtain and I went looking for her, for my mom, and I pulled back a curtain and I saw her and they were working on her. Um, they were surgically trying to remove the bullet. And I walked around everybody. I'm three, so I'm fairly small, unnoticeable. <laughs> and I go around and I, you know, I tap my mom on her hand. And of course she's under sedation. She's under, she's, you know, under anesthesia. And I say to her, um it's okay mommy it'll be okay and the doctor just i remember this surgeon looking down at me with just like oh my god in his eyes and nurse nurse where's the nurse get the nurse I'm, uh there's oh sweetheart what are you doing here what are you doing here and uh, you know there's the panicked nurse i see coming by because somebody had stepped out from behind the curtain and was kind of going nurse nurse and the nurse panics come back comes by and she's like oh there you are she goes oh hi and here's my aunt dragging her oxygen or whatever it was down the hall panicking even more um because I went gone missing (laughs) um and so you know I was told oh you got to stay you know stay with your stay with your aunt you don't go and you know she's she's once she wants to just die at this moment and um and yeah so that's that's what I remember that's my earliest memory um growing up I was about three. And yeah, that's, that's, that was it. And so, you know, he didn't really improve from that point. Uh, my mom, unfortunately, you know, uh, back and forth with him even after that. Um, so, you know, he did, he was selling drugs. I'm sure he was probably a pimp or something. I, I don't really know. Um, the ins and outs of all his criminal activities. I do remember there being guns in the house. Um, And I remember when I was about seven, him coming home uh, from a fight and he thought he got shot. So his instinct is to come over to the house where I was being babysat by um, someone and um, while my mom was at work. And... He comes barging in the door, and he's bleeding everywhere, and he's like, "I think I've been shot, and I need you to stick your finger in this hole in this head and see if you feel a bullet." So I'm like, "I don't want to do this," and then he's like, "Come on, you've got to do it. You got to save my life." So, uh, so I do. Um, so i you know, I kind of feel around a bit, and uh, I'm like, I don't feel anything and he's like oh it must have grazed me it must have grazed me and he goes and gets needle and thread and some alcohol and he tells me how to sew it together um I'm about seven just turned seven if I'm not mistaken and so I sewed I sewed him up um just over his right temple somewhere flap of skin and yeah so that's um Pretty interesting, <laughs> and uh, he passed out. Uh, my mom, my my uh, my brother, my half brother from my mom's first marriage, was uh, watching me, and we'll get into him at some point, I'm sure. Uh, and um, he ran across the street um, to get one of my other relatives to come back and see what was going on, because all he saw was blood, and he's panicked. So then. That relative called my mom at work, and my mom comes running home, and he's passed out on the living room uh, couch, and she's she's angry. They weren't together at this point, but his first instinct was to come over to you know our apartment, and not a not announce himself and b you know have me do this. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I'm watching him. I'm keeping an eye on him. He's still alive. And my mom's panicking because she's like, you know, this is stuff that I shouldn't obviously have, have to be dealing with. Um, so she I remember just remember her waking him up and telling him to get out and, you know, take that somewhere else. And, you know, he a big argument kind of stuff. So that's kind of how I grew up. Um, and I've come a, a long way from that. Um, I've had amazing people around me. Um, and as I, as I was going through all of this and as I was growing up, um, I have a family that, um, although we're not blood, it's hard to tell we're not blood. We're so in sync with each other. Um, and I am part of their family and they're always, they're, they're part of mine. Um, there, I don't know any different really. Um, and I'm only saying this just so that um, there is a difference. I I, I do have a uh, there's there's a lot of um, evil that went on in my life, and just bad things tend to happen. And I try to make right decisions, but it's, it's just life happens. And I think you know it's important to know that there's always kind of well I had at least I had a choice. I I kind of never always never tried to make the bad decisions but they just kind of did happen sometimes and nothing horrible just silly choices i made um nothing you know jail worthy or anything like that just um um more of um not being aware of how to make the right decisions um because of my upbringing um not being mature enough in certain parts of, you know, life, um, as I was growing up. Um, so, um, now I'm, I'd like to think I'm beyond that. <laughs> I like to think I make the right decisions. Um, and so, yeah, but that brings me to why I, you know, I love true crime and why I think all of that is amazing. Um, so I listen to a lot of podcasts. I like, um, Two of my favorites um, are True Crime Garage. Um, they're amazing. I love those guys um, and The Philosophy um, of Crime. And um, that's with James Renner and uh, The True Crime Garage, is with uh, Nick and the Captain. So if you you know if you get a chance, check them out. It's quite they're quite good. Um, the Philosophy of Crime is got is a bit different. Um, it's very philosophical and I love it Um, I myself don't really think in that fashion but I love reading and listening to people who do because it kind of gives you a different perspective on things and the reason I bring this up is because I was actually listening to um, James Renner um, talk about things uh, the death penalty and um, obviously with my my own biological father um being in jail for murder, um, I thought it was, it, it, I always thought he should be put to death. Um, and I've changed my mind over the years. I mean, he died in jail anyway, um, but um, due to all the years of drug abuse and, and alcoholism. Um, but I always think it's funny because I, I wonder, you know, that there's a lot of statistics and they, you know, there's a lot of um, the racial bias in jails and in the court system is quite obvious to me anyway um and i always think you know justice is supposed to be blind so why don't we truly make it blind i don't understand why i you know there's certain things i'm not i don't know law you know at all (laughs) i'm gonna say a little bit no i don't know it at all i know you things you're not supposed to do and things you know you, you can go to jail for but that's pretty much the extent of my knowledge on that um i'm more of a science-based person <laughs> but um i just always think you know why don't we have something in place where we l- truly make justice blind um why and i, I know this but probably there is probably a reason for this um But why don't we make jurors not see the defendant? Or why can't we have a stand-in as a defendant? And so that way the actual criminal, you know, some people look disheveled and they look like they're criminals. And it could be a perfectly innocent person that is at the wrong place at the wrong time, fits the profile, just is down on their luck and they just don't, look like you know say scott peterson um you know or oj simpson don't have the money um to to have a great defense and so you look at someone and you kind of go "Oh god he looks so guilty because look at him you judge that book by its cover and i wonder you know what if we just use the stand-in you know and i get this you know you face your accusers kind of thing um I understand that but if you're not testifying and you know you can maybe watch it on closed caption TV on CCTV or something um, or even something else I don't know but I just think why don't we actually make the justice system blind Um, and again I don't know what I'm talking about it's just just something that popped into my head when I was listening to Renner Um, talk about the death penalty and and how is it is it really justified and does it actually you know do any good to anyone um it costs the taxpayers lots of money um to all the appeals and everything and does it actually bring justice to the family who lost that person that loved one um and does it actually do society any good to have all these people on death row um and you know, there's statistically, there's been lots of cases that have actually been innocent people on death row. So I'm sure at some point we've killed someone that was probably innocent. Um, we've probably killed quite a few people that were innocent over the years. And so I just think why don't we just take that away? at least it would, it would help the the racial bias or the social bias as well, because um, you know somebody that's sitting on a jury may just kind of look down their nose even though they don't mean to, um, you know they may see somebody that's homeless accused of a crime, or someone that's uh, you know doesn't have the intelligence um, to kind of speak for themselves or just the you know their IQ may not be as high and they just they you know they're not they're not as, you know, as well represented. Um, so why don't we actually make it blind? Why, why do the jurors have to see the accused? Um, it also protects the jury, I think. Um, you know, you, you get jurors that are scared or worried, especially in like, you know, big, big cases, um, where there's like, um, you know maybe like drugs involved or you know big time murders or whatever um and they maybe fear for their life um things like gang members and things like that um so when people don't step forward so I think it's you know it's just interesting I just thought I'd share that with you guys and I thought I'd share a little bit more about myself on this lovely Friday afternoon um it's very sunny here today it's quite nice out um And it's a change from the dreary winter weather we've all been having lately. Um, So I just wanted to share some stuff with you on this lovely Friday. And um, hopefully you guys will have a good weekend. And we can probably chat again some other day. Possibly Monday. I'm trying to do this uh, three days a week for now and see how it goes. Um, from there so if you guys have any questions or have any suggestions or just want to drop a note and say hi um you can uh, contact me at um, mybrokenreason at hotmail.com and um yeah so you guys stay safe over the weekends don't do anything I wouldn't do um And have a lovely, lovely afternoon. Talk to you later. See ya.